Okay, well, um, think about prayer today. Uh, we're going to be having a little look at Haggai in a bit, so if uh, you want to spend the time finding that, <laughs> maybe someone can give us a page number. <laughs> I've got it in my Bible, I didn't think to check in here. Dun, dun, dun. It's very small, you see, it's quite hard to find. Where's he hiding? There he is. Uh, 948 it is. 948-949. You know, when you've got that, just pop it in front of you. You don't need it yet. But it's useful to have it ready for the moment. <laughs> okay. Well... We're going to start off by thinking about um, kind of lives. And I wonder if you can relate to me. Um, I, I'm the kind of person that ends up saying yes to a lot of stuff. And I regularly find myself uh, utterly buried under a pile of stress and feeling totally out of control um, and lost in my to-do list. Anyone? Well, a few nods. Few nods. <laughs> There's a few people out there. Um, and it kind of takes my physical and emotional, um, my emotional energy. But it, I'm honest, the person that made this list is me. Okay, that is, I think, a really crucial point for me to grasp a lot. I have to keep coming back to it. I am the person that makes this list. I'm the one that says, yes, yes, yes. I'm the one that says yes to the hundredth person. I'm the one that decides, I look at my diary and think, I could squeeze that person in for tea after the day. I finish at six, but I just have time. I haven't quite prepared for the next day, but it'll be okay. You ever do that? <laughs> and we live in a society that is a big rush. We, um, we're kind of driven along faster and faster to achieve more and more. And we convince ourselves that if we do it faster, that we will have more time to rest. <laughs> but we know it doesn't happen. And today, we're going to pray. And we're, we're gonna, we have a core value, if you don't know, in this church. And it's depend upon, dependence upon God in prayer. And we really, really... Uh, have to pause every now and then and to remember that that is our core value, dependence on God in prayer. Dependence uh, to trust someone who is greatly needed. You know, a statement in our core values that says, we need God. We cannot do this without him. Um, And so as we come to this new academic year... A lot of us, I still work in academic years, even though I'm not even teaching anymore. I still think, ah, this is the new year. (laughs) But it's a good time for us uh, to pause and consider our lives, not only our personal lives, but our lives as a whole community. How we are 
in the places that God's put us, in our jobs, at university, in school, with our families, with our friends, in our clubs and societies. God's placed us in those places. And we need to come together and recognize that Jesus needs to be at the center of those things. We need to recognize our need for Jesus, to be dependent upon him. When we kind of plow on, we can survive for a while. I know I can. I can keep going for a very long time on my own steam. And this is because, isn't it, last week we learned that God has created us to be creative, to have all these amazing gifts and abilities and things that we can do. We have a lot. We can kind of run on our own steam for a very long time. But we end up doing those things maybe badly or saying no to the things we should say yes to and yes to the things we should say no to. We end up on this like massive conveyor belt And it is really hard to say no to people. I'm really bad at it. I'm very good at making people say yes as well. I need to watch them. (laughs) Okay. Well, first off, I think we need to acknowledge that our attempts to order and control our lives are difficult because we're not in control. We can no more control what happens in the next five minutes um, than we can in ten years' time, really. We can plan. There's nothing wrong with that. The Proverbs are really clear that we plan, we make preparations, we try and order things. That's all good. But ultimately, we have to remember that God is in control. And when we do that, when we release it, when we let go of it a bit, we can all take a breath that we're not trying to do everything ourselves. And that coming to God daily, hourly, minute by minute, if you need it, which we all do, helps us remember our fragile dependence upon him, our smallness and God's greatness. In the Bible, there's a really familiar passage that loads of people quote, isn't there? But I'm going to read it in a different version. It says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds everything, uh, sorry, it exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and your minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And I have to be honest that my mind constantly gets away from me. It constantly is running all over the place and in desperate need of God's peace. It's swirling ideas and problems. The adrenaline gets going in me. I can't sleep at night. I get exhausted. But Jesus invites us in a very simple way, doesn't he? To just let go. To come, to spill it all out. And there's this, and there's this, and there's this, and there's this. And to get it out before him. And yet so much we hold in. And we spend our time worrying and worrying about things. He invites us to do it with thanksgiving, remembering, well, this is this, blah, 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 but I know that you did that, and you did that, and that did that, and you're the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, and I can relax before you. To remind ourselves of God's character as we allow him to give us his perspective 
instead of ours. When we're in it, we can't really see the wood for the trees, as they say, can we? We just see this mess. But in prayer, we are somehow lifted, aren't we? That we see God's perspective on our seemingly huge problem now becomes, well, God's vast, isn't he? We're worrying about work, we worry about the projects we're involved in, we think we can't do this, I need more people, if only we had 20 more people to do that project then it would be okay and I would spend my time. We need to come before God, don't we? If if we don't have 20 people for that project, perhaps God's saying something here. It's a frightening thing, isn't it, to let go. And someone this week said, Lou, I just got to the point where I was willing to say, okay, God, if you want this to finish, that's okay. And it was that very week that God rose up a whole load of things that confirmed that actually God didn't want it to end. But sometimes we're so tightly grasping onto what we do that we can't really let God take over. God also says, be still and know that I am God. And that be still means to vacate. It's a bit like being in the driving seat in a car. God says, look, get out of the seat for a while. Let me take control. Vacate being God for a bit of your life. And let me be God. Be still and know I am God. Be still. Let God take your Google diary this week. (laughs) And as we pray, we remind ourselves of who God is and who we are. We get that real deep honesty before him, bringing everything and anything to him. And we see a truth in our thinking. We allow him to penetrate, to speak into our hearts on what our real motive is for what we're doing. And then we can move forward. Let's have a little look at Haggai chapter 1. It's an interesting chapter. It says, um, In the second year of King Darius, on the first day of the sixth month, the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai to Zerubbabel, son of somebody, governor of Judea, and to Joshua, son of... I can't say that either. (laughs) The high priest. This is what the Lord Almighty says. These people say the time has not yet come for the Lord's house to be built. Then the word of the Lord came through the prophet Haggai. Is it time for you yourselves to be living in your panelled houses while this house remains a ruin? Now this is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. You have planted much but have harvested little. You eat but you never have enough. You drink but never have your fill. You put on clothes, but are not warm. You earn wages only to put them in a purse with holes in it. This is what the Lord Almighty says. Give careful thought to your ways. Go up into the mountain and bring down timber and build the house, so that I may take pleasure in it and be honoured, says the Lord. You expected much, but see, it turned out to be little. What you brought home, I blew away. Why, declares the Lord Almighty, because my house, which remains a ruin, while each of you is busy with his own house. Therefore, because, because of you, the heavens have withheld their dew and the earth its crops. 
I called for a drought on the fields and the mountains, on the grain and the new wine, the oil and whatever the ground produces, on men and cattle and on the labor of your hands. Then Zerubbabel, son of somebody, Joshua, son of the same people again, the high priest, and the whole remnant of the people obeyed the voice of the Lord their God and the message of the prophet Haggai because of the Lord their God had sent him. The people feared the Lord. Then Haggai, the Lord's messenger, gave this message of the, of the Lord to the people. I am with you. I'm going to stop there. Okay. So in Haggai chapter 1, we read in 1 verse 2, that the people had decided it was not the right time to build the house of God. And they wanted to get their own homes finished first. They just wanted to get things settled, basically, before they did the big project. And God's agenda was his house first. As always, God wanted them to consider his agenda, not their own. And if you think about it, it's not even that he cares about a house. God says he doesn't need a house to live in. It's not that he's against DIY or has a particular dislike of being cute. He actually just wants them to have his priorities as their priorities, to be thinking about what he wants first. And in verse 5 and 6, he says to be careful, to give careful thoughts to your ways. All the hard work they put in hasn't brought them satisfaction. Without Jesus' glory as the goal of all we do, it won't bring us satisfaction either. We'll just remain on this treadmill. We're always generally striving to do more, to work faster and harder, building bigger and better. But actually... If we keep doing that without considering God's agenda first, we'll never be fully satisfied. We might want to run the best and most amazing toddler group in the whole of Southampton. We might want to put street pastors on every street. We might want to be healing people here, there and everywhere. But we need to look at God's priorities. What is God saying to us? today what are our motives are they pure remember in corinthians it talks about how you can do all this amazing stuff but if you don't have love you don't have the right motivation behind it it's worth nothing and most of the time that paraphrase whatever you see that's good do it works but today's a chance for us to just pause and say okay i'm doing all this stuff god is this what you want me to doing, be doing? Am I doing the right thing right now? Should I be, am I saying no to something you want me to say yes to? Am I finding myself saying yes to stuff you want me to say no to? And as a community, are we going in the right direction? We're going to have some time just to think, to look at our schedules. I'm not going to spend long on this. I've got some questions. Um, just for us to bow our heads, just individually have a bit of a pause. You're not going to have time to do all this now, but it might springboard something for later, maybe when you're at home. So reflecting on your current practice, how dependent on God in prayer are you? How needy are you of him? Are there any indications in your physical or emotional health that suggest you need to be more needy for God? Just you find yourself running around like a crazy beast? 
Give careful thoughts to your ways. Which parts are rushed, busy, maybe boring, going well, failing? Is there a need to take time and examine what you're doing? So we're literally just going to have a few minutes. Just take some time. Maybe you want to read back through Haggai chapter 1. That might direct you a bit. Maybe you want to get to grips with that a little bit more. And just spend some time thinking. I think the older youth are going to just nip out now. Okay, just um, slightly, you'll see on the screens, I've changed it just slightly, um, thinking about the community, reflecting on your current practice, how dependent on God in prayer are you within the corporate life of this community? So if you're part of this church, if you're not, you can just carry on thinking personally. Um, and ask the Lord to speak to you as you think about your involvement in this community. Are your priorities right? So spend a few minutes on that. Okay, just um, pause for a moment. Okay, I thought it'd be good if we um, spend some time um, just sharing anything that God said to us with the person next to you, or if you're someone behind you, you can turn around and tell them. Um, because we recognise ten minutes is not enough time to deal with this sort of stuff. You're just scratching the surface. You're starting to think. So maybe with the person next to you, you could start to discuss a little bit about how in this coming week you can take some time to really think through some of these things. Maybe go back to Haggai, read back through it, ask the Lord to speak, look at your priorities, look at where your prayer life is going. So maybe make like your verbal commitment to the person next to you, because it's so easy, isn't it, just to to go to church and you go home and someone says, how is church? You say, yeah, it's all right. And then they say, what happened? You go, yeah, I'm not really sure. So make your commitment now. Think with the person next to you. You know, has anything struck you? Is there anything you need to do? Is there any particular questions you need to look at more? And if there is, make sure you're going to declare that to the person next to you so that you kind of got someone next week and go, hey, how did that go? Did you do that? (laughs) And you'll be like, um... (laughs) <laughs> when you've done that I'd like us just to as it says let's get it all out there there is stuff as a community that's coming up for us for example the new build we're going to be renovating the front of this church you might not know that we're going to be making it more accessible for people uh, so uh, the building itself works better we'll be able to do what we do better because our building will, will work for us well let's pray about that I can think of something already that, you know, could be freaking me out. You know, where are we going to find £100,000? I don't know, £200,000. <laughs> so let's get it out there to God. Let's tell him what our worries are and our concerns. We've got the, uh, the well project down at Beavis Town. Where's that going to go? What's going to happen? Do we need a community worker? Do we need more money? Do we need this? Do we need more people? Let's just pray about it. And the stuff that we're all involved in. As well, it might be on a Thursday, or it might be on a Tuesday, or it might be in our CUs. Whatever's coming up this week, fresh as week, bound to be millions of stuff on your mind. Get it all out there. But remember to praise the name of the Lord with thanksgiving. How has he shown his goodness in the past? Um, and this last one, uh, pray about our <coughs> motives would be pure and priorities clear. And can we especially pray for our leaders in this church? Because they've got a massive responsibility as elders to direct us as a church. 
So let's pray for them today as well. So I'm going to give you, well, almost 10 minutes. <laughs> That's a lot, I know. But just go for it. If you're really scared, just put your head down and keep praying. People will leave you alone. But otherwise, just talk to someone. It always helps process things. <laughs>